Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Because we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. We've got some interviews lined up for you as we start a new series called Establish. Now, if you were here for the first time, as Paul said, give you a warm welcome. I'm Josh. I'm the campus pastor here at Arena, and we'd love to meet you and talk to you after the service. But let's dive straight into it. Psalm 90 verse 17 says this, May the favour of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And this word establish is the word for this year in Arena Church. Christian felt that this is where God was wanting to lead us and draw us in this year as we continue to build, as we continue to grow, and as we continue to develop. Who's glad that we're a part of a church that's moving forward? Yeah? Yeah? I'm glad that there's new people coming in, there's even new people here today. I'm glad that we're a church that wants to continue to plant and to make an impact. I don't know about you, but I want my life to make a difference in this world. See, we're believing that as we continue to plant, to grow and to reach out, that God's going to establish what we do. That he's going to establish the work that we do as we're led by him. The definition of establish is to set up on a firm or permanent basis. See, we don't want to be one-hit wonders here at Arena Church. We all know some one-hit wonders, you know, Vanilla Ice, for example, anybody, uh, just me. <laughs> Vanilla Ice, what a song that was, Ice Ice Baby. I, you don't want me to sing it this morning. We don't want to be one-hit wonders. We want what we do to be established, don't we? We want it to last. We don't want it to fizzle out or just come to an abrupt end. We want to establish a legacy of faith, of grace, and of love. We want to see lives changed and towns transformed as God does what only he can do. Is it just me this morning? And this is what this series is about. As we look at subjects and areas that we want to establish in our church. Things like discipleship, stewardship, outward focus, generosity. We want to establish these areas in our church so that what we've started today will last far beyond our final day on this earth. See, this is the beauty of investing in the kingdom of God, that our investment continues forever and ever and ever as we invest in something that never ends, as we sow in and give to a kingdom that's imperishable, our impact goes far beyond the lives that we live. I believe what we're starting today, what we have started today will make an impact in our grandchildren's grandchildren for generations to come. So we're believing this year that your work will be established, that your business, your family, your relationships will be established and they will be built on a firm foundation, that they will be built to last, that your influence in this world and your faith in God will continue to be established. See, I'm believing that God is starting something in you and me, establishing something in you and me that is going to change the world in which we live in, that's going to change this town, that's going to change your workplace, that's going to change your family. And it all starts with God doing something in you and me. 
See, that's what happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus picked this ragtag bunch of 12 guys who didn't know much, who had loads of faults and failures, but these 12 disciples saw the world transformed by what Jesus had established with them. You know, today we're the ones who have been past the baton. We're the ones running with that baton, this legacy of faith to continue the work that they started. That work that they started in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago continues in Mansfield today. Isn't that amazing? Whether you're at the start of the journey or whether you've been on it for some years, I'm believing that God is going to establish something in you that will transform your world. And today, as I've said, I want to invite some people who have an insight into a couple of these areas to talk about what has been established in them. Two of the areas we want to establish within our campus are honour and discipleship. Not that we don't have these here already, but we want them to continue to grow in all that we do. And we're going to look at honour first. And See, here at Arena, we have this saying. It goes like this. Everybody is somebody at the arena. We believe that we should honour everybody, that we're called to put value on on everybody. See, living a lifestyle of honour is one of the key ways in which we, we become set apart from the world we live in and we move closer to God. We want to honour those who would be perceived as the least in society to those who are in positions of authority and leadership. The Bible is so clear about honour. Let's look at these two verses in Romans. It says this. The first one is about honouring each other. Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. See, our world, our society can all be about making my name great and forgetting those around us. We've all met those people who would do anything they can to get to the top, even if it means bringing others down. And this can seep into all of our lives if we're being honest. At times, if we're not careful, we can try and pull down so that we are lifted up. We protect ourselves at the expense of others. We're shameless sometimes in self-promotion. We try to elevate ourselves by speaking ill of others. But the way of Jesus is to honour others above ourselves it's to lift them up it's to make them look great to be humble we were in a context a leadership track on Thursday night I think it was what a great night if you were there thank you for coming along and someone said about humility that humility lets God open the doors for you rather than opening the doors for yourself see I believe this that as you honour God that as you lift others that God will open the doors for you that God will do the work for you you won't have to do it On your own. The next verse, Romans 13, verse 1, is about honoring those in authority. It says this Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. See, our world in recent times has run from honor. The tabloid culture is about pulling down trying to catch leaders or celebrities out, it always runs to thinking the worst rather than believing the best. And we've seen this even last week with the horrendous and tragic death of Caroline Flack being pulled down in the media. This has proliferated in our world where 
even in our own lives, if we're being honest, we're addicted to pulling people down. We're addicted to saying things that we don't need to say, having an opinion when we don't need an opinion. And this has led our society to be dishonouring rather than honouring. I don't believe there's ever been more of a war against those who are in power than there is now, against the police, politicians, those in leadership within businesses. It seems like we live in a society where everything has to go as we plan or we rebel against it. Or we go to social media to make comments about things we don't even understand. The Bible is very clear. It calls us to honour those in leadership, even if we don't agree with everything that they do. Our job's not to judge. That's God's job. Our job is to honour. And as we honour those in leadership, as we follow well, we see a unique blessing that comes on our lives. And I want to introduce a man this morning who a lot of you will be familiar with, Elijah. So let's give him a, a welcome as he comes to the stage. Just so you know, I'm um, Elijah's gym training partner. I'm the one uh, who... Uh, I spot him, yeah. Just make sure he can lift that weight up there. <laughs> hey, mate. There's a, a mic on your seat for you just there. So this is, uh, this is Elijah. Like I said, hopefully a lot of you will know him. And what I've found about Elijah over the last um, you know, <coughs> year plus is that he has a revelation in the area of honour. You know, some people around our church have revelation in special areas and honour is definitely one that this man carries. So I'd like us to learn from what he's established in his life, what God's established in him, and then um, you guys get to reap the benefit this morning of that. So Elijah, tell us a little bit about you, first of all. All right, so um, before I start, I just want to say thank you to Josh, um, thank you to Helen, the man and God uh, over this house. I thank you for the honour that you do me tonight or this morning, sorry, of being here to speak. Um, I hold you in high esteem. I hold the anointing on your life and the call of God on your life in high esteem. So thank you very much for this opportunity to speak. Um, so my name is Elijah. Um, I've been coming here for a few years. Um, I think it's probably, what, three more, three or so years more? Yeah. Um, and over the last few years, God has done um, sort of... Uh, overhaul in my life <laughs> in terms of um, just hearing the word of God, hearing from God. Yeah. Um, you know, it's difficult when you've been saved many, many years, mm. you know, for God to start speaking afresh to you. Yeah. It's, it's a symptom that most Christians suffer for. I've been a Christian 20 years, 30 years. What's God going to tell me that I hadn't heard before? <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of that. But, the, you know, I had to come to a place of humility yeah. to start hearing the things. And this is an area that God just spoke volumes in my life. Yeah. It's an area in my life that I've seen the most tremendous amount of fruit come from. Yeah. Um, so honor, you know, is, let me say this, is different from respect. Mm. Honor... Respect is based on emotions. It's respect, it, honor is based on your feelings. I respect you because, you know, I feel a certain way about you. Or, but honor has nothing to do with emotions. It has nothing to do with feelings. Honor is based on revelation. Wow, yeah. Revelation. Discerning yeah. value in you, discerning the anointing on your life. Mm. I choose to value that. Because that, the anointing is the, is, is, is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God on a man's life. Yeah. That's the anointing. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's what, irrespective of how you look or what you say or whatever or how you dress, it's nothing to do with how I feel mm. in terms of honoring the, the hand of God in your life. Yeah. And that's, that's honor. Yes. That, nothing to do with emotions. It's different from, from, from respect. Yeah. You know, nothing to do with your emotions. Yeah. And it's the same in relationships, same with in marriages. And all. God says, honor your husband and your yeah. wife. Honor your father. The, the theme of honor runs from the beginning of the Bible right through to the end. Yeah. From, God has this, this, this relationship with honor. It, 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 is, it, it is a tremendous principle that, that yields so much fruit. I, honestly, and I'm just still, still learning about yeah. honor because I see how, you know, the, why, why is this God so, so interested? So why is he woven himself in the concept of honor? Yeah. Because it, 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 because it, it's, it, it's an acknowledgement of him. Yeah, it's an acknowledgement of him in all things. Yeah. On, you know, the fir- first in the commandments, the first commandment that came with a condition: honor your father and mother, wow. that it may go well with you in this earth, yeah. that your days may be long in this earth. Yes, that commandment still stands to this day. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Honor, it's a mystery. Amazing. It's a mystery of yeah. God. Honor. Amazing. You know, and, and, and Christians, we fail to discern that. Yeah. And you know, what a mystery, you know what mysteries of God are? Mysteries of God are simply hidden wisdom. Yeah. The hidden wisdom of God is a mystery of God. Yeah. Why does God hide wisdom? That it may profit you. Amazing. That it profits you. That the, the enemy struggles to understand it. Yeah. Satan sits there baffled. What is this thing, honor? Because yeah. it's the hidden wisdom of God. Amazing. It's the hidden wisdom of God. Amazing. And that's what he's woven in honor. Yes. You know. Yeah, you're gonna. The, the, we've started well. <laughs> we, we've started well, pretty well, needless to say. Um, people sat here today and thinking, I'll be honest, I'm not that honouring. You know, people probably sat here in this audience and and they probably, you know, the the issue sometimes with this setup is that people look on here and think it's easy for you. You got it perfect, which is definitely not the case. Have you always been honouring Elijah, or is no, it something you've learned? <laughs> no, I haven't, and I've paid the price dearly. You, another principle of honour, you will never rise higher than the anointing you dishonour. Wow. Yeah. Gosh. A man of, God, man of God sits on this house who has an anointing on his life. He has a call of God on his life. And you want to see the fruit of that? Look at his marriage, look at his children, look at the works of his hands. That's the anointing working in his life. Yeah, he comes from a long line of people who have been in the kingdom, mothers, fathers. So you're like third, fourth generation, aren't mm. you, Christian? Exactly. That's a grace, that's an anointing on your family mm. to, be, to be in the house of God. You know, a lot of us here, you know, have got young children, and we pray, you know, that so me and my household, me and my children, yeah. me and my children's children, children's children, we will love and serve the Lord. You, you are seeing the fruits of that. Yeah. You're seeing, that's, that's the grace and the anointing on your life and your family. Yeah. To be in the house of God, yeah. you know. So if if I if I want that for me and my family, I want my children to know God. Same, there are many people in this house, you know, who who've, who've come down that generation. Mm. I want my kids to know God. I yeah. want me to know my family to know God, you know. So I I discern the anointing on your life. Yeah. I discern the grace on your life for this thing. Yeah. So what you know. So, you know, for me, for this thing to be active in my life, you know, I sit under the, this man of God. I, you know, I honor and I respect the anointing on his life. Mm. And that anointing will work in my life. Wow. Wow. You know? And that's what honor does. Yeah. Honor grants me, will grant you access. Yes. Honor opens doors for you. Honor will grant you access. Men of God come. It's the same. Whichever man of God you choose to listen to, you sit under. Sitting under means submitting yourself. 
So I, I choose to be here. I choose to submit myself to this anointing. This is where God has led me. So, so, I, so God has placed me here. So when I'm here, I submit myself here to this man and woman of God. Whoever God puts up here, I submit myself to that. So it means I submit myself to the anointing and the call yeah. of God on your life. But equally so, the call of God on your life grants me access. Wow. It grants me access to the things that are, are profiting in your life. Yeah, amazing. Yeah? Honor places a demand on your anointing. Yeah. You say about, obviously, we, we had a bit of a chat beforehand and stuff, and I know you fairly well pretty, well, pretty well now. And you say about, you said something yeah. beforehand about honor turning things around very quickly. Yeah. And you say about how you maybe in the past have been dishonoring, and God has taught you about that. Just, just talk us through that journey, Elijah, from going from a place of <coughs> struggling to honor anybody mm. to, um, to where you are now. So, so, like I said before, honor has nothing to do with emotions. And I've been in churches before where I've thought things weren't being done right. You know, I'm questioning the man of, you know, people who are up there in authority, questioning their integrity, mm. all those things. And yes, there may have been valid questions and, and, and things that I needed to know or, or, you know, or establish, but it's how I handled those mm. things. You know, I let my emotions lead. Mm. You know, I let pride lead all those things. And I paid dearly for it. Mm. I paid, I paid dearly for it. You know, the things that, 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 that because what honor, what dishonor, honor is the same as dishonor. Honor opens doors for you. Honor grants you access. Dishonor diminishes things in your life. Wow. It, wow. it causes things to diminish. So if you dishonor your husband, your, your relationship diminishes. Yeah. If you dishonor money, money will diminish in your life. Oh, th yeah. that's, how that's how dishonor works. And when I sowed the seed of dishonor, oh man, my life paid. I paid dearly, wow. dearly. In areas that I, I just didn't think, I mean, it's years later that God showed me the revelation of yeah. it. But I, I realized that those seeds of dishonor that I sowed, and you know, even just murmuring and grumbling, mm. murmuring and grumbling behind your, behind, you know, in the house of God, you know, oh, today, Josh, oh, I don't like what he said. Oh, you know, <laughs> Andy, did you hear that? Oh, you know, it's just me and Andy talking. Yeah. But I'm murmuring about, about mm. the man of God. There's a good example in the Bible. If you look at the book of, I think it's Leviticus. Sorry, can you just keep that? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm not used to speaking. Yeah. So the book of Leviticus talks about Miriam and Aaron. Yeah who spoke about, about Moses. Uh, Moses had married an Ethiopian woman, a black woman, basically. And it, it, yeah, so, uh, so it, it mar Moses married a black woman. Aaron and, uh, and Miriam, his sister, and his brother complained about that, mm. you know? They, and they were anointed as well. They were prophets. God used to speak to them as well. But they spoke, just two of them, in high, you know, in their mm. own company, nobody else there. But the word of God, if you, I don't know if you're going to get it up, if, if you can get that verse up, you know, Leviticus. I think it's Leviticus. But anyway, say, it says... That when they were talking, God heard them. Wow. Wow. It said God heard them. Yeah. And he called them to task. Yeah. God heard them. In the secret place where they were murmuring, speaking about the man of God, speaking about the anointing on his life. Oh, is, is Moses the only person God called to prophesy? Yeah. All that stuff, yeah. Yeah. You know, we've all, we've all done it. I hold yeah. my hands up. Yeah. I've done it. Yeah. It's true. You know, we murmur about men of God, not, over, not only in this church, in other churches. Across the world. Oh, Creflo Dollar. He's a thief. Why is he so rich? Why is he driving? Mm. Murmuring. About, mm. You know nothing about the anointing on that man's life. It's true. And here you are murmuring and speaking bad about it. It's so true because yeah. we, we so often have All the time. opinions on All the time. situations All that we time. don't know about, don't, don't we? Yeah. 
yeah. and um, we were speaking about you know politics, yeah. business, wherever, yeah. and yeah. you know the the Bible verses that we looked at were so clear about that that yeah. um, it's not our job to judge; it's God's. It's our job to honour, and uh, I, that brings me on to sort of how do you honour in your everyday life, Elijah? So honour for me comes from place of revelation. Yeah. Just so Just you know, certainly. as well, Elijah works in a in a hospital environment. Yeah, you know, a, a mental health nurse. Yeah, yeah. Um, honour comes from a place of revelation, um, discerning value, discerning the anointing, discerning importance, discerning excellence yeah. in somebody's life. You yeah. know, that's what we're called to do. You know, um, even in in the in our very basic relationships, husband and wife, there is a call of honor, mm. and I think what honor does, it opens the door for God to to intervene. Yeah, wow. For God to intervene, when you don't walk in honor, good example, just talk talk about your finances. If you don't honor God with your finances, so there's simple things like tithing. You know, tithing isn't for everybody. This is not a message about tithing. It's not for everybody. Tithing comes with a revelation. Mm. You can't tithe from your emotions. You cannot serve God, honor God in your money from your emotions because your emotions will tell you, I can't afford it. Mm. But when you, when you discern the anointing, when you discern the value, yeah. when you discern the excellence of what the tithe does, yeah. that it opens up the heavens for it's you true. and you work under an open it's heaven. Good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Your emotions don't come into it. Yeah. The same way, you know, when you, when you sow seed, you know, you know, and that, and I've learned this. I, I saw into Josh, his life. I show, I saw into Christian's life because I discern the anointing on their life. You know, that's 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 what I do. Not only do I tithe, but I sow. You know, because the seed speaks. Mm. There, there is there is a voice uh, higher than your own prayers, and it's a seed. Seed time and harvest is the principle that God established in the earth, and He said, it, it, as long as the earth remains, it shall re, it shall remain. You know, seed time and harvest. So remember that. And same thing as honor. Honor is backed up by the by God's own integrity. Mm. He backs up honor. Yeah. He backs up honor. Even yeah. Jesus, every miracle Jesus did was was based on honor. Yeah. So this is in my life. I, it's it's something that I'm just I'm just I'm just you know every day I'm dying unto myself. Yeah. I'm really trying, Lord. Even my marriage, Lord, let, help me. I mean, most of you know when I came here, my wife never used to come here. My my wife wasn't wasn't a Christian. Yeah. Didn't come here. Um, and, you know, I was praying, I was sowing seed, you know, uh, and there were men of God and women that were praying in this church. But I believe the biggest thing that, that caused the turnaround spiritually, spiritually, I mean, she, no, she had her own circumstances that brought her here. But I think in the spirit realm, the atmosphere was set right. The, the biggest thing was the honor that I sowed in this church. Yeah, yeah. The honor that I sowed, because, because that's an anointing, that's a grace that you carry. Mm. Your, 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 your good wife is sat here. <clears throat> The man of God over your house, his mm. family's in the church. Mm. It's a generational thing. Yeah. So that's that's a grace I discerned on you. Yeah. And I thought I, I need that in my own life. Yeah. So I sowed the seed of honor. I sowed Amazing. yeah, and that's why I do it. Amazing. That's why I discerned that, and that's not from my own cleverness, or that's the that is humbling myself before God, yeah. crying unto God and saying, God, I need answers. Yeah. Amazing. I need answers. Times I, yeah. I could probably carry on talking to you for probably a few more hours, yeah. but um, <laughs> One quick thing as, yeah. we, as, we fin- uh, as we finish just this part. Uh, what's the first step for someone who wants to step into honor? Um, the first step is you've got to step out of your emotions. Your emotions are the biggest thing that will rob you of any, any move of God in your life. Faith, uh, stepping out in faith, doing anything in God 
your emotions will rob you because your emotions will tell you you can't do that yeah. or people will think I'm stupid or they, you know whatever so you've got to step out of your emotions the second thing is hearing from God yeah. pray for the spirit of discernment yeah. pray for the spirit of discernment I learned to discern by following the footsteps of other Christians mm. so I see the men, of God, the men and women of God that serve in this church like so Paul and Andy except I, I follow those steps yeah you know, and I see the fruit in their life. Yeah. Before I even discerned what's happening, you know, in your life and the and the call of God on your life, I followed the steps. So it's the same as saying, you know, if you want to see see where to sow, see where other men of God are sowing. Yeah. You may not discern that, but I, I see where they're sowing. Oh, yeah. And I see the fruit that's coming into their life. So, and that's how you develop, the, you know, being 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 humble to that and being yeah. being, you know, uh, you know. Honoring that, yeah. so so that's what I did. I followed the footsteps, but being contrite and saying to God, "I need the spirit of revelation. I need right. you to speak to me and show me," you know. And you you've got to start with yourself. Yeah, you've got to start with yourself. Yeah, you know, it's got nothing to do with anybody else. You know, your decision to honor it's it, it's a purposeful decision, void of emotions, driven by revelation. Yeah, you know, uh, and and it's a it's a place that you wake up daily. And you, and, you, and you bend to it, you submit yeah. to it. Amazing. You know, uh, because Amazing. if you don't, you step out of that. Favor will grant you access. Favor, will, you know, honor will grant you access. It'll grant favor. It'll open doors for you. Mm. And it's the most powerful principle in the word of God because it's, it's thread, it's woven right through the Bible, even go, go, backed up by God's own integrity. Yeah. Honor. Amazing. You know, honor. Come on, let's honor this man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, um, we're going to be speaking... Oh, you're all right, mate? You're okay? <laughs> we're going to be speaking now, as I said, about discipleship, and that was absolutely amazing. I'll probably listen to that back on podcast a few times. Um, but the original term for disciple is methetes in, in the Old Testament. The, the Old Testament... Uh, sorry, the New Testament uh, was written not in English. And it means learner or trained one. And we know we can go to university and all that sort of stuff, but we're talking about something even bigger than this. We're talking about a lifestyle. You see, the heart cry of the Bible is not just for believers or for attenders. It's for people who commit their lives to Jesus to say, each day, I'm going on a journey with you, God. I'm submitting my life to you. So with that all being said, I want to invite someone who I, again, hold in really high esteem, and has walked this out through the years of his life. I'm going to invite Wesley to the stage. There he is. Just be steady, because that is quite a big yard. Just be steady with this stuff. Excellent. He's sorted. Yes. Good. Well, Wesley, tell, uh, tell us again a bit about you. Just introduce yourself before we move on. Lots of people will be familiar with you, but Why? just do Follow that. that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Follow that. My name's Wesley. Uh, my first name is George, but uh, my father called me Wesley. <clears throat> he was a great supporter of uh, John and Charles Wesley, the preacher and evangelist, wow, and he called me like that. So uh, I've been a Christian now for many years, but my Christian life started when I was three weeks old wow gosh mother and father had faith in their belief and so they took me to church yeah and um as i as she as my mother held me in the arms 
there was a huge flag, big red flag. It was red, yellow, and blue. And in the middle, it said blood and fire. Mm. 25 years later, God answered that prayer. Wow. 25 years. When God filled me, touched me, changed my life. Yeah. 25 years after godly parents believed in faith that I would be something for him. Wow. Which is amazing. It is. The most amazing thing, and now I go back to yesterday, we were talking about the Holy Spirit. It's a long story, but God filled me with the Holy Spirit in Sunderland. I, I was, don't know where I was, my wife and I, we were just in a religious state. But through God's grace, a miracle happened. And I found myself in a church, an Assemblies of God church, they'd taken over a Church of England, St. Peter's Church, they'd taken this building over. And so I wandered in there one Sunday morning and sat on the back seat with my little son and my wife. And I listened to a man preaching the gospel. And something happened as he preached. Something happened to my mm. life. He changed me. Yeah. And I went to that church everything for, for about five or six weeks. The pastor used to stand at the door and he shook hands. He never said a word to me. And one day I said to him, Pastor... I want God to do something and fill me with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because every sermon this man preached, by the way, all, all ended up by people being filled with the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. by the way. And so he took me into his vestry and he placed his hands on my head. And I used to be an electrician when I was a younger man. And it was like 10,000 volts went through my body. Wow. From the soles of my feet to the crown of my head. And for two hours... There was like a, an explosion took place in my life. And I started to talk to God in languages I'd never heard before. It was like an amazing experience that God yeah. did in my life. And God changed me amazing. from that day forward. Amazing. Amazing. I've, um, I've known. How long you guys started coming? Maybe this time last year? Maybe March last year, wasn't it? Something Anne, like that. Anne's got the memory, not me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what and, you're uh, <laughs> Oh, yes, you're saying right. <laughs> you can't see anybody up here, you know. You can see you. Well, you need a pair of shades. <laughs> yeah, so you've been coming for the last year, and you, yeah. your family have, have just you know, got so planted in the life of this <coughs> church, and I've had the privilege of getting to know all of you over this last year. Yeah. And I just want to say, the reason I've asked Wesley here this morning is because when you get close to this man, Jesus just comes out of him. This discipleship journey just comes out of him. And does that mean that Wesley's perfect? Oh, no. Definitely. No one's perfect, are we? I'm definitely not. That's and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> she knows all the secrets. <laughs> but this is a man who loves Jesus and do, knows yeah. Jesus. And um, I, I love the words of the Apostle Paul at the end of his ministry when he says, I want to know Christ. And I just think that's so powerful and at that stage of his life that he's still wanting to grow, still wanting to know Jesus, and that's what I see yeah. in Wesley. And um, Wesley, I want to ask, what habits have you built into your life over years that have fueled and, um, yeah, fueled your discipleship? I think the most, this is my personal opinion, but I really believe the most important thing in a Christian's life is prayer. Yeah. Prayer is like a telephone line between you and God. Yeah. 
doesn't mean to say you're on the telephone every day, but the line is always open. Yeah. That he can talk to you and you can talk to him. Yeah. And, in, and there's two scriptures that come to mind, yeah. all right? There was, a, there was a, Jesus was praying one day and his disciples observed him praying. And when he finished, they said to him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Yeah. And then he repeated the Lord's Prayer to them. And then he said, it's like this. He says, there was a man who one day had a visitor at mid- midnight and he'd been on a long journey and, and he, he had nothing in the cupboard to give him, no bread, no food, anything. And he thought, I must feed this man. And so he decided that he would go and see his friend down the road. Let's call him Joseph. And so he went down at his friend's house, must have been one o'clock in the morning, knocked on the door, knocked on the door, knocked on the door. The man never, there was nothing happening. And, and he got a bit louder, knocking and knocking. You see, prayer is persistence, insistence, and being bold. Yeah. yeah. And this man was going to get the bread yeah. from his friend. And so his friend eventually stuck his head out the window and said, look, will you just please go away? You're disturbing the whole neighborhood. Buzz off. <laughs> Buzz off. Go, I'll give you it tomorrow. And he persisted. And the Bible says that he received everything that he asked for. Yeah. And then Jesus said, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? Yeah. He said, ask, seek, yeah. and knock. Yeah. Ask, and it's an ongoing verb. Ask, keep on asking. Yeah. Seek, keep on seeking. Knock, and the door will be opened. And I believe, since I've come to this church, and I'm going to be bold, excuse me, Pastor, I want to be bold here. I believe with that sort of prayer... With this sort of people, where it's persistent and insistent and it's bold, God will open a door yeah. in Mansfield yeah. that no man or devil can shut. I believe that, yeah. I believe he will that. open a door for you. Yeah. And, and, and God will do the impossible. Yeah. And he will do it for you. Friend. And that which holds sway over this, this, this town... The principalities and powers that sit comfortable, God will disturb them yeah. and bring about something that none of He will do exceedingly, abundantly, above yeah. all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works within Amazing. you. Amazing. And that's what God will do. But yeah. it needs people that will pray with that sort of prayer. That's amazing. And so this man got everything. And then there was another lady in the Bible. The Bible calls her a Syrophoenician. She was a Canaanite. The Jews didn't, want any, didn't have anything to do with them. And this woman was desperate. She knelt, she came to Jesus. Jesus, please help me. My daughter's demon-possessed. I need you to help me. Jesus didn't take any notice, seemingly. Mary was testing her, I believe, but he didn't, didn't take any notice. The, she went to the disciples. The devil said to Jesus, look, will you please get rid of this woman? She's making too much noise. This woman decided she was going to get what she asked for. Yeah. Jesus says, well, is it right to give the children's bread to dogs? Wow. She says, yeah, master. But she says, the dogs get the crumbs from the table. He says, great is your faith. Go home, wow. your daughter is healed. She went home and the daughter was totally and completely healed. 
because this woman was persistent and insistent and had faith to believe yeah. what would God do. And Amazing. God will do that for us. Yes. But there's a commitment to it yeah. that, we w- that we will stir ourselves, I will stir myself yeah. and pray like that. Amazing. Uh, Wesley, this, like we said, there's people who've been in church 50 years here today and people who maybe this is the first week ever in church. Where does the journey of, of prayer start? Now. Now, because I believe, I'm going to be bold, I believe now he's talking to us. Yeah. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that. And he's saying to you, come on. Begin to start to pray. Set, your, go, set yourself a time when you go into your room and shut the door and talk to him. Yeah. Whether it's five minutes, whether it's an hour. And God will answer prayer. But, and so it starts, whether you've been a Christian for two minutes, two days, two months, two years, 50 years. If you start praying like that, God will do something in this town that will revolutionize this town. Yeah. But it takes commitment. Yes. That we are persistent and insistent and bold. And shame, don't be shameless about it. Because God loves people that pray like that. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. Um, so good that we've not got more time. But what I'd like to ask you to do, um, sort of in conclusion, was is, is to pray for us, please. Yes, okay. And, um, you know, this morning, if you just bow your head, close your eyes, and you say, Josh, I, I want to go on a discipleship journey. I want to step into prayer. Uh, and then Wesley's going to pray for all of us in this place, me included as well. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and you've heard everything we have, we have been saying. And I pray, Lord, that you will begin to open a door in this town that will transform it, that will bring in people from the, the who are sick, people that are desperate, people that are on drugs, people that are, that are agnostics, non-believers. God, I pray you will open a door to this town and bring multitudes of people in. Lord, I pray you will touch this, this town. The, the, I'm, I'm lost for words. All I'm doing is talking to you and asking you to help us, Lord. Because we need your help, Lord. With you are all, you said you'll give us abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And I pray you will do it, Lord, with this group of people. I pray, Lord, today there will be decisions made in this place that will be determined to, to seek you with all their hearts, will determine that they will have a communion with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give Wesley a round of applause as we honour him.